Right, so welcome to the third episode of the podcast. Today I'm joined by Football Index SOTDs, one of the bigger Twitter Football Index accounts. So do check him out if you don't follow him already. But I'm going to be referring to him by his real name, uh, which is Lee. I don't want to be saying SOTD over and over again. So welcome to the podcast, Lee. Thanks for coming on. So tell us, you know, when you started and what your journey has been like so far on Football Index. Hi Fig, it's uh, great to be on here. Uh, I've listened to the last two. Um, so I started in January 2016. Um, probably like everyone else really, dripped a bit of money in for uh, probably about nine months. Fairly, very small deposits. And then after nine months I decided to put quite a fair chunk in and um i've gone from there really and the index has gone from strength to strength and uh generally so has my portfolio although uh obviously there has been the uh high and low moments <laughs> of course yeah there's always uh dips and you know rises that's normal with any market but glad to hear that you've been doing very well i obviously i've known you on twitter for quite a while so I know how well when you've been doing well and when you haven't really. So yeah, no, I've, I've, I think as anyone who's started relatively early and now, if you're quite experienced, we've all done quite well. The more experienced users, and now it's about like helping those new users profit really from what we, as we know, is like a really good platform. So yeah, anyway, so me and Lee today, the three topics we're going to talk about. So the first topic is going to be how Media Buzz has been a bit less a bit less predictable really in the international break but in in general throughout the season we picked up on it uh in the last podcast but i think i really wanted to go in depth on that and the second topic is going to be actually someone asked me about this they asked me should i sell or keep players who have mid-term injuries like six to eight weeks say considering the spread and i i didn't really know like how to answer it so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit here. And the last one is going to be how you can prepare and expect high volatility and high volumes of trading in the next week or two where people have kind of held cash during the international break. And they've also got those, you know, the deposit bonuses to, to roll over. So there's going to be quite a lot of trading. So we'll talk about the predictability of the media buzz first. So Lee, what are your thoughts on this during the season so far? I mean, so I kind of talked about how writers are going kind of article crazy at the beginning of the season. And it's kind of hard to predict who's going to come out on top. So what, what have your thoughts been so far with regards to media buzz this season? It seems almost as hard to predict as the performance buzz, really. Yeah, I think the, the start, obviously, was still dominated by transfer window. So we had Coutinho, Sanchez. Um, couple of others, uh, even the likes of Matic, uh, winning quite a lot. And I think I think it's just started to settle down a little bit. Um, I don't think we've got any regular winners yet. I mean, mm. we've had Harry Kane, but I don't. We haven't had Aslatan yet, mm. and I don't think we're going to get Aslatan. Yeah, uh, maybe until we see Zlatan again. <laughs> um, but. I think I think I was looking at the fixtures earlier today and I think United have quite a lot of big games coming up mm. and I think that might lead to some of their players 
um, doing quite well on that, as we've seen United players do before. However, I've also been keeping an eye on United players, how they've been doing on Media Buzz, and it it seems like the likes of Marouane Fellaini are actually doing better than anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that sure, but I, I do think it's beginning to settle down. I think it's becoming more prem dominant for now. I think that will change again when we get to the last stages of the Champions League. But I think if I remember last year, that was the case as well. The- yeah, I mean, last year, just to pick up on that point, I think Ronaldo won. Um, obviously, like his form was unparalleled at that point during the Champions League. It was kind of hard for anyone else to win the buzz, really. It was I mean, imagine if performance buzz was around then, he would have probably gone up twice the amount he did but he dominated media buzz for that kind of period um due to his performance in the champions league so yeah that's a good point like there's obviously like big prem domination with media buzz usually but that can change during the champions league and as we've seen in in this international break like you can have well in the last international you can have welsh players who could win it and then you've got this international break you've got messi and I think Sanchez is up there today, but Messi mainly, whether or not he's going to make it to the World Cup, kind of a massive story. So that's that's picked up quite a lot of media attention. But yeah, no, I think it, it will start to settle down. It's kind of during this hectic Christmas period where writers literally can't write about everything that's happened, where we'll kind of see potentially lower scores and we'll have maybe 500 600 700 point winners whereas here it's kind of like to place you need you know 500 plus so maybe yeah you are right in that regard so what do you think in terms of that hectic period between pretty much like late november and early january really where there's lots of premier league fixtures do you think buzz points will kind of increase in terms of media or do you think they'll as i said be smaller and you know more settled uh kind of points well i mean as you said uh, earlier that that kind of might be the period where zlatan comes back so he might flip everything on its head really yeah i think it's difficult to know i mean saturdays for example where there's been uh where there's lots of games generally we don't see that huge bus scores now, i'm not sure why that is um whether journalists work a bit less on a saturday which could be the case or work don't work as late anyway but i think there'll be more as we used to see we used to see the sunday winner and they'd usually win the monday as well yeah that's 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 the thing actually we haven't had not that. seen that at all no yeah, we haven't had that many back-to-back winners so far this season. I think um, I think Harry Kane won one during this international break, but just in general, we haven't actually had that many. Whereas there were periods last season where Zlatan could win three or four in a row. There were periods where, yeah, as you said, a, a Sunday evening fixture winner would definitely win the Monday. Whereas now, I don't know, it's it's kind of hard to say. Same with his like. The Champions League fixtures, you could have someone big score on a Tuesday, win Wednesday and Thursday, or especially United last season with Europa yeah. League. They, If someone would score, if Zlatan would score on a Thursday, he'd probably win all the way up till Saturday, unless there was a big, as you said, a big score on Saturday, which isn't that uh, common. But yeah, no. So moving on to our second topic, which is whether or not you should sell or keep players with mid-term injuries and what i mean by mid-term short term i kind of class between like 
one to four weeks maybe and then long term is probably three months or more but whether or not you should sell players who are in between that kind of period between four to 12 weeks whether or not you should sell those players considering how high the spread is and this topic actually comes from a question someone asked me on my twitter account and i didn't really know how to answer it with enough certainty because there are pros and cons really so what what do you think about that lee for example we we saw Mane recently and i don't want to advocate anyone to hold or sell but what what do you reckon are the like pros or cons from keeping and or selling yeah. someone who's out for like six weeks i think it depends on personal circumstances i think do you need that money to generate more um or do you want it to sit there for six weeks and of course it's if you if you've got a lot of a player then and you haven't got much funds elsewhere it's obviously quite fun to play the game if that player's injured you're not going to be playing the game that much mm. but i think a lot depends on how quick you can get in um especially now with the basically the spreads and um, being increased a little on injured players so i think i mean i for the Maratta, um, when we heard about his injury, I I looked and I, I was a bit late and I decided just to hold and I think I did okay with that. Yeah, I think that was that was the one where I kind of looked at and said, uh, well, if it's two weeks, then obviously I'm going to hold because of the spread and he's probably going to win a couple of buzz. But if it's you know two months, then that's completely different. So there's not that one was a bit stranger as well because there wasn't any certainty how long he could be out for and still don't really know it's quite up in the air i still hold him but uh that was kind of because of the spread as well I'm not sure if there's still a large spread on him but um i know with mane i sold mine because i i kind of was in there relatively early and i thought when i was selling oh he's probably going to go down lower and you've got this kind of it's kind of a limbo really because at the moment, his price might be kind of relatively stable and he's going to win you a buzz or two along the way, especially during the international break. It yeah. throws a massive spanner in the work as well because it makes it even harder to know whether or not to sell these players because they could return more in this international break than they could media-wise the rest of the season. You know, like it's, it's a really strange situation to be on. But I think the good thing about it is there's pros to pros and cons to both which kind of means you're in you're not in a kind of losing situation whatever you do as you said like if you need the capital then by all means sell if you don't and he's only a very small part of your portfolio then you can afford to hold really it all depends how you play as you said how you play the game but at the end of the day you have to be in the game to win so to speak and I think with Mane yesterday, I think he dropped to, well, it was about £3. He dropped to around 275 ish Yeah, about that price, yeah. And by the time you, you've got your 8p back, because I think he, did he win Buzz? Yeah, he won Buzz yesterday. Yeah, so that's 8p back. So that's like 283 in theory. Then he went up about another 10p, I think. Yeah, people buying on the dip, like, yeah. Back up to about 293 anyway. Yeah, so... Um, it, it, yeah. it probably him yesterday it was you'd have to be in really early i think to benefit i mean we don't know where his price is gonna go yeah. people could get fed up with holding him and yeah. um 
I imagine we'll we'll see a few sales, but um, yeah, it's it's a tough one to call. Yeah, that's that's precisely what I was going to pick up on as well. Is at the moment holding an injured player might be okay, but there could be a massive rally in another player or massive hype in another player, and if someone needs the capital the first person they're going to sell is the injured player really isn't it that that kind of is what happens you you look through your portfolio and you're like well they're not going to be playing for four weeks i'm going to bin him and buy him back and whether i mean i think especially in the pb in the performance buzz yeah, that we're going to come into they can't win you know they, yeah. it's impossible for them to win and i think that's why we might see a slight further decrease in, yeah. in that type of player just because People want to use their capital to to generate funds, and they're not going to be generating uh, much with an injured player. Mm, for sure, I mean, in my um, five ways performance buzz would affect football index. One of them was that injuries would play a pivotal part in a player's price because, obviously, if, as you said, if they can't play, they can't win performance buzz. So it's really interesting scenario there. I think any way you play it, however, if you are listening, there are pros and cons to both situations. So do bear in mind if you have sold or you haven't, then there are, you know, as I said, pros and cons to both. So don't really worry about it too much. I think a bigger warrior, uh, sorry, <laughs> a bigger worry is as I said, those long-term injuries. If someone's out for three to six months, nine months, God forbid, then it's going to be tough to advocate not selling, really. But those short to mid-term range injuries, it's it's kind of, it's, it's more of a complex decision, really. So we'll move on to our third topic now. And this is where we're going to talk about how to prepare and how to expect high volatility on the back of these international fixtures and the reason for this is due to lots of people holding cash in reserve for this little bit of volatility that's going to come up and also people who are ready to roll over their deposit bonuses if you don't know football index recently did like a deposit bonus where you get 10 percent cash back on a deposit up to ten thousand pounds so you have to roll that over 20 times to withdraw it. So people are going to be buying and selling quite a fair bit. So for me personally, I kind of expect some kind of big spikes. And personally, I see it as like a good opportunity to make money. But how, how do you think the next you know, week or two, maybe even three will be before the penny stocks arrival in terms of volatility? Because I personally thought people would be buying and selling less, but after I thought more and more about it, we haven't had performance buzz for two weeks. There will be a lot of cash in the air and there are those people who want to get those deposit bonuses rolled over. So how do you think it will be, the market in general will be affected really the next two I think, weeks? I think it'll, I think just like performance buzz was four weeks ago, I think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be high volatility. Um, plenty of ways to, to plenty of opportunities for everyone. And I think we're going to see players moving 10 to 20%, maybe mm. um, like we have before. Uh, I do think people are thinking more in terms of November now. So that, that might stop the volatility, well not stop, but decrease the volatility a bit. 
Um, but I think I, I do think it will be high. And and people love being involved with performance boards. People like watching it. People like having a player involved. And I think all of that adds up to high buying and selling. Yeah, for sure. I think I always look at um, certain players rising during this international break and I always kind of look at their rise before a game with which they could potentially play well in and do well on the performance buzz charts. And some of the money is already going into that, as we were talking about. Some of the players are already rising with anticipation for those games, really. But, yeah, yeah I expect... Sorry, go on. So, I mean, like Falcao, I, I, I hold Falcao, so I've been keeping an eye on him. And I think he he went down... 10% and he's back up the 10% now um, from when uh, from before the international break so people are people are already preparing for games yeah and um, yeah I think it will uh, it's going to be it's going to be quite mad I think yeah yeah hopefully uh, everyone can make a little bit of money during that volatility but I think also during the international break we had massive rises well you don't really think of Messi's rise from like 790 to nearly 830 now as a massive rise, but the actual money needed to take him past that point is like nearly up to 30 grand or whatever. So that is a lot of money potentially coming out of lower players and going into Messi. And obviously we have the massive rise in Kane as well. He went all the way from five pounds to six nearly 660 wasn't it and that's a lot of money as well so that's either money that's been held in reserve for opportunities like that or people have been selling players across the market to fund those rises so what what you will see probably in the next coming weeks is that you have a lot of players that look quite cheap due to these rises due to comparative value, which could make these PB players fly even more with the coming high volumes, really, of trading. Yeah, I, I agree that some of the rises have been big and um, I think we'll see we'll see money moving about quite a bit. And I think uh, there's quite a few players with potential to for big increases, especially if they hit a couple of uh, performance buzz wins. Yeah, I mean, even if you looked at um, recently, Chiro Immobile came up and people, due to comparative value, he, he went up quite a bit. And that's, you know, without even seeing one of his scores on, you know, the performance bars. I know you can like, look at past history and look at how he's going to perform. But it's it's just good to see that the players that are coming up so far people are valuing them because I, mean, I think we went through a little period of um, where I think we had like Chris Wood coming up one week and I know he won a performance buzz, but <laughs> players <laughs> like that kind of coming up that people didn't really see much value in. And it's kind of refreshing to see that people are putting these players up that can be part of this like mass price, price movement and can be part of the volatility because if you've got someone like Chris Wood up, they are not going to be kind of in the game, if that makes sense, performance buzz-wise. They're not going to be treated the same by many traders and they're not going to be part of this potential upcoming volatility with, you know, as I was 
kind of predicting mass volume trading really so yeah what are your what are your thoughts on general player value nowadays i think it's so difficult i think with november coming up i don't i just don't know um uh, <laughs> definite i i i think it's difficult to i mean the returns are there whatever the returns are there i think it just comes down to amount of money in the market yeah so as long as you're willing to if you want to hold on to a player then i think that player will these players the prices now will eventually get exceeded so whether you want to decide to make lots of money in between by um buying and selling possibly so i think it all just depends on time you want to spend on the platform and and, and things like that but I think player values is is difficult to to judge. Um, I mean, some of these players could turn around a performance buzz. Not e- not even in November now, even and make you can make ten percent of the price straight away. Yeah, of course. Like uh, some of those, you know, one to two pound players, they could really explode. I think there's a lot of players who have kind of consolidated in price for quite a while now. I think mentioned in the last podcast episode where they've kind of consolidated for a while. People have either accumulated those players at the low end and they're just kind of waiting for an explosion. And then you either keep for the returns or you take your profits, fair play, whatever you do. But there is kind of a lot of waiting and sitting on certain player prices. People, As you were saying, you were monitoring Falcao, you have him. But a lot of people will be monitoring those kind of players as well, waiting and seeing what's going to happen, really. Because as you said, we've got such a small sample size, it's really hard to yeah. actually say whether or not a certain player is of value because last season we had 5P being competed for by 200 players. And yeah, now... Oh, right, and I've, uh, I've lost Lee there, which is quite unfortunate. <laughs> but we were quite close to finishing up so i mean i'm sure lee can comment on what he wanted to talk about right there at the end on twitter so yeah do follow him and also he's got quite a cool company set up at the moment called beard poo which is like a shampoo for your beard so any well groomed bearded men out there who you know, are looking for some beard shampoo, do check that out. I think they also help certain male-related cancer charities, which is really good of them. So do check that out. So anyone who has listened, thanks for listening. And thanks for all the great support that we've got so far for the podcast. It really feels good that a lot of people are actually downloading this stuff and listening to it. So yeah, catch me on the next podcast. I'll have a couple videos trading technique videos and a couple of vlogs coming up quite soon so do keep an eye out on those as well so thanks for listening and yeah like download review the podcast and subscribe to the twitter and youtube channel as well thanks for listening everyone